This is episode number 38 of The Inspiring Talk with singer and songwriter Dorothy Ann. Welcome guys to The Inspiring Talk. My name is Vijay Gautam. I'm host for this show. Each week I interview today's most successful and inspiring personalities to help you realize your inner potential. I'm super excited for my guest today, Dorothy Ann. Dorothy is a singer and songwriter based in the United States. She is inspiring people across the globe with her contemporary songs blended with hope and faith. She has gone through a challenging time in her own life when she lost her daughter soon after she gave birth to her and she captures a theme of hope in midst of pain with her lyrics, pairing them with bright, catchy melodies and beautiful orchestrations. Dorothy's debut EP Always Hope is a collection of deeply personal songs. The single Don't Let Me Go attracted high praise from fans on iTunes. In this episode we talk about finding hope meets of challenge Dorothy's journey from singing in high school to finally releasing her on EP, her suggestions for people on crowdfunding to get their dreams fulfilled, her creative process of writing songs and much more. I thoroughly enjoyed having this conversation with Dorothy. I hope you will enjoy as much as I did. Now, before I welcome Dorothy, I'd like to thank you guys for leaving review on iTunes, Castbox and other different platform. I'm so glad that you guys are listening to the show and taking time to leave a review. Keep them coming as they really means a lot to me and I read each one of them. And if this is your first time listening to this show, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast so that you won't miss amazing upcoming episodes. Also guys, last month I launched an online group podcast coaching program where I can help you launch your own awesome podcast within 6 weeks. I handhold you for this 6 weeks with all the minute details you will ever need such as coming out with idea, picking up name for your podcast, equipment and software that you will ever need and also I will give you access to dedicated WhatsApp group for questions and discussions and it also includes my online video course on editing audio which has got more than 20 videos now so that you can get started with editing your own podcast. So if you are interested in starting your own podcast, write to me at bj@theinspiringtalk.com or simply fill the contact form on the website theinspiringtalk.com. Currently there are 15 people taking this coaching and they will be launching their podcast very very soon and I'm super excited for them all. And the next batch of the class starts on June 17 and I have got a very few seats left so write to me if you want to be part of this. Now without further ado Let me welcome Dorothy Ann. Welcome back inside this episode guys. I'm super pumped for Dorothy joining me today. Dorothy, welcome to the show. Thank you, BJ. So happy to be here. And this is finally happening. Thank you so much. And thanks to your husband Dustin for reaching out and arranging this. Yes, he's the best. <laughs> yeah. So, Dorothy, you are homeschooling your five kids, right? I am. I'm a stay-at-home mom, homeschooling five kids plus one on the way. How difficult is it to manage five kids? 
<laughs> you know, I wouldn't say it's difficult. I would say at times it can be challenging, but they're so it's so rewarding. Like yeah. it's just like they say, kids are just so amazing, and it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of training. It's just a lot of being consistent, um, loving them through you know, their faults and them loving me through my shortcomings. And it's just great. We, I've always wanted a big family. It was a dream of mine since I was a little girl to have a big family. And I feel very blessed and fortunate to be where I'm at today. Yeah, I can imagine the challenge you have to go through every single day as a mom. But as you said, it's fun at the same time, right? So it uh, is. Yeah, you, you make it fun. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. So you have recently released your EP, Always Hope, with five songs. And I was listening to your songs last night and I love them all. You have got a beautiful voice. I never had one. Like one thing that, you know, I have a, uh, you, you can say a complaint to God is that, you know, I don't have that voice. Maybe you shouldn't be complaining. <laughs> but yes, I mean, that is, that is one thing that, you know, I feel that, you know, I could have been given. Anyways. Um, yeah, so you cover <laughs> Thank everything. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, you cover everything from love to faith and hope on this EP, right? So, uh, and I'm sure music is inspiring people across the world and giving hope. How did you even got into singing? What's your story? Sure. Well, my mom says I was singing as a baby in her arms. And I tend to believe her because I have, a you know, some of my babies, they, they hum back to me certain melodies. And it's amazing how music is just in children. So I believe her. She, I was raised in the church, singing in the church since I was a teenager and also sang in college, um, high school choirs. Um, I'm, I'm still currently singing at my local church right now. So I've, I've just been trained in school and also college and life, just singing outside of different events that I've been invited to. So that's how I kind of got a, you know, practical experience singing. I've also, I've also taken vocal lessons too. I, I remember watching a show when I was a teenager about this young man that was telling his teacher he wanted to be a singer. And so the teacher asked him, well, have you taken vocal lessons? And he said, yes. And he, and then the teacher proceeded to um, showcase him and say, well, why don't you sing for the class? And as soon as he started singing, everybody was in awe. And so I kind of took that to heart as a kid. Like if I want to be a performer, I need to take lessons and take it seriously. So I, I have taken lessons as well. So you said that, you know, it was one of your childhood dreams. So what are some other childhood dream of yours? Well, other than being a mom of a large family and I've, when I was probably third or fourth grade, I remember asking myself just for some reason, just a profound question. What do I want to do with my life? I was probably, you said you were in, I I was probably around third or fourth grade. So that would be around nine or 10 Mm -hmm. years old, if I'm calculating correctly. And I just asked myself, like, what do I want to do with my life? Like, what am I good at? And the thought instantly came to me singing. I love singing. I love performing. I I loved um, showmanship. Some of my favorite things watching as a kid were, were award shows. I loved seeing like the performances and then seeing how people after all their hard work would get, you know, it paid off by the accolades that they would get. So yeah, I just knew as a young kid, I wanted to be a professional recording artist. So as you said, you asked yourself that question 
And what I'm more interested in knowing is what led you to ask yourself that question? Like, where did you get that awareness of asking yourself that question or any specific events uh, that led you to ask that question or it was just a random thing that came to you and then you you were asking yourself that question? I think that I've always been super um, introverted as in like I would think a lot internally. Um, I grew up in a single parent home. So, you know, there was a lot of on the outside, it could seem kind of chaotic and some things were dysfunctional. But in Internally, I would just, you know, question things like, well, why did this happen to this person? And, you know, why did, why did my dad leave or, you know, just different things like that. So I think I was just always processing things internally. So I was really just by myself when I asked myself, what do I want to do in life? And that's what I came up with. And so I've sure enough, like step by step, I've been working towards that in my adulthood to do that. And I'm so happy. Like it feels so good to finally see that dream accomplished of having my debut CD out and available for anyone in the world to get. It feels really good. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's always like great to have your dreams fulfilled and it's amazing. So, um, who was your childhood hero or any someone, some singer or maybe artist that you grew up looking up to? I would say, uh, of course, some of the greats like Mariah Carey. I also really liked Amy Grant and um, classics like Ella Fitzgerald, um, even girl groups like TLC. I grew up in the 90s, so I, I'm familiar with a lot of 90s music. It was fun. My sister and cousin and I would listen to the radio, and a lot of times when they would do giveaways you call the number and you try to be like the fifth caller <laughs> so we would we would spend some of our afternoons trying to be that you know fifth caller and every once in a while we would get through it it was just so thrilling to us so mm -hmm. i'm a big uh radio radio buff as well mm -hmm. your mother has helped you tremendously uh for you in following your dreams right so what are some of the specific things that you if you can recall your mom did or maybe said to you to ensure that you followed your heart being a singer and performing artist that is a really great question bj and i was just thinking about this the other day because when i was little i thought that i was just going to do pop music that's like i said what i listened to on the radio that's what i wanted to do but one day after listening to me she just looked over and she said you know i really think that you should focus on um and I really think that you can do contemporary Christian music. And at first I resisted it. I thought, oh, that's just kind of boring. That's not what I want to do. It doesn't seem fun and exciting. But in the long run, she was absolutely correct. Like I was young when she said that and I didn't receive it well because I didn't see what she saw in me, which was the potential in my heart, like my heart right now is not to just do pop music. I, I have a really big heart to help people and especially people that are, are lost and hurting. And so it is very fitting for me to do more inspirational type music that reaches people with the express purpose of sharing my faith with people. So I was really glad that she, she not only invested thousands of dollars as far as performance, um, 
tapes because I would sing to back then it was accompaniment tracks. You know, nowadays we have iTunes and we can just buy background vocals. Well, back then you had to buy cassette tapes with mm. um, the trackings and like one of those tapes were a good, I want to say nine to $10. So it was expensive and I had hundreds of them. So I had a lot. So my mom invested in me, not just with vocal lessons, but also just my performance tools from clothing that I'd have to wear on stage and everything like that. So she's really big. I, I owe her a huge debt of gratitude to my success right now. Awesome. And still to this day, she's super supportive. Like uh, I had two CD release parties mm -hmm. and she organized the second one, which was a really great success too. So she's just, she's very su supportive in my corner. I'm, I'm really grateful for her life. Wow, that's awesome. The reason I asked you that question is maybe there are a lot of parents listening to this, right? So um, it's always great. Or parents, as a parent, right, you know, you should be giving your children opportunity at least, uh, you know, to follow or at least try on the passion that they are, you know, following or something they love about, right? So you yourself have got five kids and I hope like you are doing the same with your kids, like letting them do what they want to do with their life. Absolutely. Yes. And I was just telling someone the other day that, you know, I don't force them because it would be really easy for me to be like, okay, I'm a singer. You guys are all going to be singers. You're all going to be performers. But I know that every child is unique and has unique giftings. So it's our job as parents to recognize that child's specific unique giftings and then shape them in that direction to where they should go. So one child could be a great dancer. And even if it's a little boy, like still kind of cultivate that. Don't push it because sometimes when you push little boys, they resist. So, you know, there's I have one son that is just such a natural when it comes to dancing. So I just let him dance and I sometimes will just uh, sneak my camera and kind of record him from a distance just to, mm -hmm. you know, so he doesn't get <laughs> intimidated, but he does a great job. And then I do have a daughter that is, I call her my songbird because ever since she was little, she was singing. Like I never had to coax her to sing. She just would just sing songs from the other room. And then all my kids are great lyricists. Mm -hmm. They, they <laughs> can sing the lyrics to songs better than I can. I, I guess it's their brains. They have like sponges for brains mm. so they can absorb it so much faster than we adults can. Yeah, true, true. So Dorothy, what inspired the title Always Hope for your EP? Another great question. So I have two stories that come to mind. One of them is, um, well, both of them has, has a little bit of sadness behind it, but um, I'll, I'll go ahead and share both of them to you. Um, in 2015, we found out exciting news that we were expecting our second baby girl. I already had four boys and one daughter. And so it was great news for the whole family that they were going to get a little girl, especially for my daughter. She was going to finally have a sister. And at one of the sonogram appointments that checks out to make sure everything's okay with the baby. They gave us some devastating news. And the news was that the baby had um, uh, something called trisomy 13, which is pretty lethal in that a lot of children that have this diagnosis do not survive. And uh, the doctor, 
as nice as he was, he gently just told me, you know, there's no point in surgery. There's no point in trying to um, make a way because that she's just not going to, she's not going to make it. And I looked at him and I, I asked him, well, why not? You know, there, there's always hope. And that kind of just this like, my heart just kind of like, it sank, but at the same time, there was a small seed of hope. Like, well, what if, you know, she could beat all odds. And it's, BJ, it's true. There are some kids that do survive. It is few and far between, but there are some kids that survive. So even to the very end, we were hoping and praying, God, if it's your will, let this baby live. You know, we, we love her already. All of the kids, every day they would pray for her at dinner time and just pray for her and please heal baby Gracie, all this and that. And we had hope and we just, we walked through a very, very difficult time in 2015 Mm -hmm. when um, we made it full term. She, she, I, I was told she could, we could not even make, we possibly could lose her before I was nine months, but we made it full turn. So that was an answer prayer. And then we delivered her and we were told she could just be stillborn when you deliver. And she was breathing when we delivered her and we got to hold that precious little girl for 56 minutes. And it was the best 56 minutes of our life. Like we'd never experienced such deep emotion and love. Um, she just brought us so much love and a really great thing that our uncle told us, my husband's uncle said, you know, all that baby girl knew was love. She passed away, but she, all she ever knew was love. And so that was very comforting at the time. That was the first story. That was one instance of having that tenacious hope in your heart, regardless of what the doctors say, regardless of what typical diagnosis results could be just believing even even to the end and then secondly one day I was watching this show that you might have heard of maybe some of you guys it's it's called hoarders okay. <laughs> it's kind mm-hmm. of a it's very uh stressful my husband doesn't even like to watch it because it's so stressful because people acquire so many things and they just it's hard for them to let go right so it affected this um this man who had this a disease in a sense of hoarding and his wife left him. They were still married, but his wife left him. The counselor comes into the show and, and sits them both down and, and asks him or asks her, excuse me, you know, would, do you ever see you, you guys getting back together again? Like if he gets better and she just looks at him and said, well, there's always hope. And so that was another instance where I was thinking, wow, you know, most people would give up on somebody with, that type of mental Mm -hmm. issue. But she thought, yeah, there's hope for our marriage or there's always just a a little hope there. And so that was pretty much like the two stories that help influence naming the album. Always hope a lot of the songs on there talks about having hope in the midst of tragedy, having hope in the midst of loss. Uh, The sun rises in particularly that was inspired by the, Typhoon Haiyan that um, hit the Philippines in 2013, I believe, if I'm not getting the the dates right, killing Mm -hmm. over 5,000 people instantly, just, you know, just shocking these biggest tragedy um, by a natural disaster. So that song is very special to me because I was born in the Philippines. And so that 
uh, country has a special place in my heart. And I was very um, just honored to be able to write a song for that country I was born born in. I got a chance to listen to that and it is powerful. And then thank you so much, Dorothy, for being vulnerable and sharing your story because uh, a lot of people out there listening to this might be, you know, in that same kind of situation or maybe going through the same hardship in their own life, but it's not the challenge that, you know, should uh, limit you or, you know, you should be uh, holding on to that, but, you know, you have to move on and then you have to, you know, find some new hope and then move forward in your life, right? So thanks again for sharing that. Yeah. Even though in the moment you're in grief and you, you might not be able to feel like you can get out of it, like there is hope. There is hope to have a, a new day that will be easier than the day before. And it's not, it might not take a month. It might take it might take half a year. It might even take a year. But I would just encourage every listener out there, don't stay in the grief so long where it decapitates you, where it hinders you from doing and helping other people. Because really, life is about helping other people. The more that we can help people, the more fulfilling our life really is. Awesome. So, Dorothy, let's switch gear to your creative process right so when do you write your songs is there any specific time that you have uh, written most of your songs or it's just random or uh, time you know uh, is there anything like schedule that okay this is time when i have written most of my songs i tend to write songs in the evening when all the kids are in bed and it's nice and quiet i was just telling my husband it it helps me to f- focus when i'm just still and quiet myself and I can just hash out lyrics and uh, melodies. So normally it's in the evening time is when I write. Mm-hmm. So what's the greatest line that you have ever written? The greatest line? Yep. I mean, I guess it would be my closing song, Jesus, You Saved Me. He's my anchor. So that, that would be the greatest line. So how many that, It's my testimony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So how many songs have you written so far, both published and unpublished? And uh... I, I wish I knew. I don't have a number. I have loads of journals in uh, closet, in my closet, just with yeah. lots of half-written songs. So, you know, fully, fully songs, uh, maybe two dozen full full songs but so many unfinished songs i don't i don't count those obviously but yeah exactly you took me to where i wanted to head and it is like how many times do you write and rewrite a particular song on an average if you have to like you know i know that you know it might be hard to remember but uh typically how many times do you write before you know a songs get final or you know you love it the way you wanted it to be i would say it takes me about 2 to 3 weeks to finalize a song so it could be that that song might have had three or four rewrites or it could have just or it could be five or six rewrites mm-hmm. but I'm pr- that is one of my strengths is refining. So I can pretty much come up with a line and know whether or not I like it and sew it all together with other lines and decide is this good or not. 
I get it to the point where I'm open to letting other people listen to it. And for the most part, by their response, I can tell like if the song is ready to go. Mm-hmm. I I know before if the song is ready to go, but if I want to get some feedback from other people, I'll get it to that point where I'm ready to share it. I don't usually share halfway written songs. I usually finish it out and then share it with people before I I call it finished. Mm, awesome. So. in your ep like don't let me go and as you said the sunrise is are the two songs that i love the most obviously all five songs are amazing and thank two, you yeah these two songs are i personally loved and uh, you know i really love the music and then your voice and then and then the uh, lyrics and the words right it it's just powerful you know i loved it so obviously like you know as you said the song the sunrise is uh, worked as a healing song for people going through that kind of situation in not only in Philippines or maybe you know any other kind of uh that kind of events that goes in, in any any part of the world right yeah kind of all over the world goes, yeah yes the sun rises is especially meaningful because it was inspired by the Philippines but i've had people that i've reached out to that maybe lost a child and I'll send them that song and they're really really touched by it because there there is darkness when there's grief and loss but just a reminder that regardless of the darkness that you're facing that the next day the sun will rise it's just a given the sun will rise again so yes i do think that all over the world people can relate to that same experience So what was the biggest challenge that you have faced in releasing this EP? Well, I think that the biggest challenge that I faced releasing this EP was finances. For a long time, I felt that how am I going to afford releasing an album because that was my end goal. Like I wanted to release an album, you know, that's how you start off in the music industries, you have to have a product. And so I found myself with family life you, you don't sometimes you don't have several thousand dollars just laying around that you can spend on your um profession so i decided i wanted to get more educated on how to produce a cd so i wouldn't be ignorant of fees and uh just the whole procedure of it cuz again i didn't go to school for becoming a recording artist I've had to learn this on my own I'd ha- I've had to study it on my own and so I did I took a course um it was called CMI and the first instructor basically encouraged all the students he said you know you don't have to focus on an album first a better strategy is to get a single out from a single do an EP from an EP do an album hmm. and so I thought that's brilliant. I should just do that. And so that's what I did. I I produced I did have enough money saved that I could produce a single. With that single, I released it for free to people for a a certain amount of time and I acquired emails. Hmm. I built my fan base that way. I built supporters that way. People that liked the song, it was Don't Let Me Go. I released that as a single and they really liked the song and they became hungry to get more. And so from there the next strategy was to do a crowdfunding campaign and i thought that 
oh, that should be simple enough. Do you just have a goal, set a goal, create a campaign on a platform and then share it on social media. But it was a lot more than that. It was it was a little a part time job on the side okay. to have a successful fundraising campaign. And I have to credit my husband because he did a lot of research. He he figured out things that worked for other people. We interviewed some other musician friends that had successful ones, asked them what they did to be fully funded. And so we took the information that we learned and then we applied it to fundraising for my EP. And I'm happy to say that we did reach over 100% for my um, project, my debut CD project. Oh, that's awesome. So what are your tips for crowdfunding success to someone looking to run a crowdfunding campaign? Well, my husband and I actually put together a webinar called Seven Secrets to Successful Crowdfunding. And some of the tips that we share in it are to have a good short video. A lot of people have a video that is not very concise and to the point. And so I, I would say that, you know, really work on a video that is has all the details that you need in a short amount of time. Nowadays, people's attention span is so short. So you really have to get them within the first minute or two. You don't want to make a long 10-minute plea. Just make it a short three, not even five minutes. Just I would say three to four-minute video that's well done but has all the points that you need. You know, answer the question why. Why should people support you? You know, what's in it for them? And make sure the call to action is clear. Sometimes people say, I would appreciate you to share this on Facebook. Well, sharing is good and it's good for traction, but really, you really want to ask people, I'd appreciate it. Could you please donate towards its cause? And then, you know, of course, ask for specific amounts in the perks. And then a lot of times people put a dozen perks, like a dozen um, uh, bonuses, like if you give $50, then you get this, or if you give 100 you give this. And there's so many that they'll do, you know, a dozen perks when really five, seven perks is sufficient. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the most popular amount, I believe, is around $50. So make sure your $50 perk is the perk that's most appealing because on average, the $50 perk is what people gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. So those are just a, a few of our of our tips. Uh, la- one of the other ones is have a team. True. You can't do anything by yourself. I mean, you can get things started by yourself, yeah. but if you have a team of people to help you to get on board, that's really important. And you just simply reach out to people specific that you know they have a heart for you and they, they want to see you succeed. Just get them on board. These people will be the first ones to donate to you. Mm. You have to ask them before. You don't want to wait till your campaign is launched to ask people. True. You want to ask people a month or two before and have all these things lined up. So it's a lot of preparation. That's that's the key preparation for successful crowdfunding. So now, Dorothy, it's time for the enlightening round. Are you excited for the enlightening round? Of course. It's the best round. <laughs> awesome. So, Dorothy, what inspires you to do everything that you do? What inspires me is to help people, especially those who are hurting. There's so many people out there that are hurting. And I just want my music to help for healing, to help give them inspiration and hope 
in their darkest moments. So when I write, I specifically think of those people and that's what inspires me to continue to do what I do. It's not easy, BJ. There were times in the recording process where I was just questioning myself, do I really want to do this? Because you have to have a thick skin when you're recording. Mm. You cannot be uh, shy about getting any kind of constructive criticism because producers can be pretty brutal. Mm. If you have a good producer, they will be blunt and brutal and you have to have a thick skin and you have to encourage yourself to keep going even when you feel like giving up. So that's what that's what inspires me. Awesome. So which one daily habit do you believe has been game changer for you in your success journey? Game changer for sure has been freedom journaling. It's uh this journal that John Lee Dumas produced mm-hmm. and it's how to accomplish your goals in 100 days. Game changer. Right before my CD launch, the the season before my CD launch, I was feeling overwhelmed. I didn't know how I was going to get everything done. And my husband said, why don't you try this freedom journal? And I at first was very hesitant because what can a, a journal do to help me get this CD launched? But I tell you what, it has been the best accountability journal that I've ever gone through. And it's, it's so simple, but yet so effective. Every day you write down the one thing that you're grateful for that day. And then you state in 100 days, I will state your purpose, like launched my debut EP, Always Hope. And so every single day, there's a countdown in 99 days, I will. And then you're so you're restating it again. Mm. And then it also asks you to write down your number one focus for that day. Mm -hmm. And then you're the breaking down the goals and saying to get closer to my goals, I will one, two, three, you know, so it was very systematic. It was very, um, again, it's accountability. I, I love the accountability. So journaling this way has been like a game changer for me. And I, and I attribute it to this. I attribute that as my success factor. Which one book according to you is a must read or maybe the book that has left a big impact on you that you'd like to recommend to everyone? I would recommend the book Way of the Master by Ray Comfort. It's a really good read. So Dorothy, if you were to start this success journey all over again, what are those three things that you would have done differently? I would start sooner. I would write more and I would work in quarters. And what I mean by quarters is like a quarter of a year, mm-hmm. especially if you are married and your spouse has creative or other business aspirations. I think it, it's very important as an entrepreneur to have a balance in your pursuits where you're not overworked, overburdened, and you balance it out by working in quarters. So for instance, this first quarter we're focusing on my husband's book that he's writing, so I'm going to be helping him edit it. And my music has taken a little bit of a back burner, but I'm okay with that because last quarter he helped me with my music launch. He was uh, he's my executive producer. He he did so much so many things for me and I appreciate his support. So now I want to help him in this quarter work on his his uh goals. and i think that's how we're going to get more things accomplished throughout the years 
you know, for several years, it just, we had big dreams and goals written out. But if you don't break it down in small pieces, then it can be overwhelming. So this is, I guess, my advice to break it down in small pieces is to work in quarters. I love that. I love the way you guys are working in harmony and then helping each other accomplish each one's goal. And I think that's where partners role come in, right? Awesome. Yes. Yeah. So Dorothy, can you share any online tool or app that you use on a regular basis and you have found very, very useful in your business or life? Well, I think this is probably more popular now, but when I first heard about it, I was blown away, but I love Canva. Canva.com is awesome. awesome. C-A-N-V-A. Now, when they became an app, I was thrilled because I could just take it anywhere on an app. And then when they made it mobile friendly, I was even more <laughs> like on a, a smaller device. Because I think I, it was available iPad first. And then now you can do it on your iPhone. It's great. Like I do a lot of my social media things using Canva posts. So I love Canva. It's definitely my go-to. It's so user-friendly, a lot of great designs, and um, even free images that are beautiful. So I would recommend Canva, yeah, awesome. the app. Yeah, awesome. I mean, app or even the web version, I really love that. And I can't like, you know, uh, publish any of the episode without going to Canva because that's where I create all my graphics and thumbnails and arts and everything, everything out there. So amazing, amazing. It's app. great. They've yeah, done I mean, they've done a great thing. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to and like give shout out to those guys and thanks. It's, uh, you know, you brought it up so that, you know, I can uh, recommend those guys to people listening here to try out. I'll link that up on the show notes and uh, make sure that you check. So, Dorothy, I have one more question left for you. But before that, uh, if people would want to, you know, buy your CD or maybe listen to your songs or uh, maybe attend one of your webinars or, you know, uh, learn more about you and your work, what's the best possible way to uh, get connected with you? I would love for your listeners to check me out at my website, www.dorothyann.com. That's Ann with an E.com. And that would be probably the best way for them to learn more about me and stay connected. That's awesome, guys. Make sure that you connect and check her song sample on her website. And if you love them, make sure that you get them on iTunes and all other different platforms where digital products are sold. And they are all they are available all over places and make sure that you also get connected with Dorothy on her Facebook, Instagram and all other different social media platform. And now, Dorothy, I have this last question. Imagine that you are on stage and there are millions of people on that particular event that you are going and it is like the largest ever built, you know, arena in the world and every single seat on that arena is fulfilled and people are eagerly listening to you. They are uh, opening their eyes wide and listening very, very, very carefully to you. And you are there on the stage and you have to share the most important lesson that you have learned in your life. And you have only got one minute to get your message across. What would be your message? Well, in one sentence, I would say, Life is too short not to live your dreams, so go for it. Go for it. It was phenomenal. Thank you so much, Dorothy, for being on the show. 
Thank you so much for having me, BJ. Great to meet you. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you learned something or got some inspiration. If you did, make sure that you share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram by visiting theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 3838. You will also find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode by visiting show notes page at theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 3838. If you like to launch your own awesome podcast and build your authority in your industry, then reach out to me for online group podcast coaching program at bjairdaredtheinspiringtalk.com or fill out the contact form on the website theinspiringtalk.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you in the next. Now go out there and do something inspiring.